Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So welcome to the show today. We are going to finish up um, what we started on Monday, which is talking about your toughest real estate questions answered. And what we did is we took the most common, frequently asked questions that we get in email that we um, get from uh, podcast listeners mostly and, and coaching clients. You guys usually know how to get your questions answered instantly, just going to the website and, uh, you know, logging in and using the information on Harris Learning. But for the rest of you who are not yet um, coaching clients, this is for you. So this is part three today. And before we get to the next series of questions that we wrote down and answers, Julie has a review of the book. Now, remember, guys, if you've not yet purchased our book, Harris Rules, just hop on over to Amazon and just put in Harris Rules and you'll find the book. You can also buy an audible version of it, which is what most of you have been doing, actually. Or you can do all three, which some of you have been doing as well. So do get the book. The book has had over 300 five-star reviews. As far as we know, it's still an international bestseller. It's sold literally tens of thousands of copies. This book we came out with late last year, huge international success. It was number one in a whole bunch of different countries. We've talked about this. If you're a first-time listener, just save the effort. Go over to Amazon and get the book. Harris Rules. Sigilly, a review, please. Yes, so a big thank you to reviewer George Huertas, who writes, simply put, every real estate agent, both experienced and new, should read this book. Being a veteran real estate broker, I've read many business slash real estate books focused on many different topics, systems, and strategies, and by far this is one of the best. Right from the jump, the opening chapters speak of mindset and strategy with the intention of dispelling the often believed but false perceptions about what a career in real estate looks like. So many enter the industry with dreams of making it big in real estate, not realizing that it's one of the most aggressive and difficult careers to succeed at. Starting with the right mindset, then offering practical and effective techniques and insight, even veteran agents would benefit from this fresh and honest look at our industry. The author's candid and real-world approach make this a compelling read and, in my opinion, should charge you up if you're thinking of entering or currently are already in the industry. Definitely a must-read. So thank you, George Huertas, for such a glowing review. We very much appreciate you. And let's see, there's many more, but that, that's just something that, you know, because he's very honest that this can be a challenging business and you get pulled many different directions. So the point of the Harris Rules book is to give you some rules by which to play that will make it much easier for you to succeed by just instigating those simple rules. So back to you, Tim, and I'm ready for questions. So it is May, what, second? You are effectively halfway through the year. We talked about this the other day on the podcast. If you look at a calendar, it's what all of you should be doing. This is a little bit, this is a little bit coming to Jesus for most of you. Look at a calendar, mark the days that you're going to be working and not working the rest of the year. Start from December, work backwards. I'll just go through this real quick in case you're listening for the first time. December, you're not really going to be working December. Don't pretend you are. <laughs> if you're lucky, you're going to be working a week. But for the most part, most everyone else is, is going to tell you we'll wait for after the holidays. So working to the point of expecting great results in December is usually an exercise in futility, at least for the last two weeks. Roll it back to November. Last week in November, well, sometimes it's two weeks. Sometimes what happens is 
Thanksgiving becomes Thanksgiving two weeks. So you have maybe the last week in November, the first week in December. Then, of course, you have Halloween in October, which used to be sort of like this, you know, passive holiday. Now it seems like a lot of people, especially people in real estate, seem to take the entire week off. Okay, now we keep on going back. Now we go back to September. And then September, you have the kids going back to school. Maybe some states, they go back in August. And then August, the kids going back to school. July, 4th of July, there's another week. June, you have kids getting out of school. You guys get the point. And here we are in May. So if you were to actually be honest with yourself, the amount of time that you have to be effective in this business and to get the highest results, when you knock out the normal days and weeks that are uh, national holidays and you take out the days and weeks that you're going to be taking off for your vacations and the weekends you're not going to work and all the rest of it, and you then just put a star on the days that you're 100% positive you're going to be working, you're not working that many more days this year. That's kind of a shocking way to look at the business, but that's also reality because we're in a business basically that has to fo- that generally focuses on working with people when they're not working. So, and you are going to be working with as a, you know when you're prospecting when you're proactively lead generating, you're going to be working at at during normal business hours. But for most part, real estate people work when uh, you know homeowners and buyers aren't working. So that puts you in the nights and the weekends and all the rest of it. The reason I'm telling you this is because if you're, again, going to be honest with yourself, you really don't have half the year left, seven months of the year left, six months of the year left. You know, you don't have that long left. You really, to get your results, you effectively probably have maybe 90 to 120 days. Do the calendar exercise. Find out for yourself. Discover for yourself. And so then the question becomes, what should you be doing on those days? What should you, your focus be? I want you to start with a question, what should your focus not be? And that is the first question we wrote down for you today that we get a lot. Of, and, I'm gonna, and I'm taking the question and I'm spinning it. So the question normally is, when do I add uh, branding? When do I add a logo? When do I add a website? When do I start working on the things that you guys are telling us, you know, Tim and Julie tell us not to work on during the time when I should be focusing on hoping, helping folks buy and sell real estate? And the answer is you should be doing all that stuff at the end of the year when generally speaking, nobody else is really, you know, people are generally not focused on real estate. So all the little branding activities and website activities, if you choose to do those things at all, those should wait until December and probably the first couple of weeks in January. Don't do them now. Don't convince yourself that you're working when you're doing something other than being in front of the customer. So if you're not in front of a customer, a buyer or a seller, preferably a seller, if you're not in front of a seller, on the phone with the seller, communicating with the seller, you need to accept that you are not working, not truly working. Or if you're not in the process of trying to put yourself in front of a seller, you are not working. I'll even drill down even further for those of you who are ready to take it to the next level. If you're not putting yourself in a position to hear no at least 10 times a day, you're not working. I want you guys to think about that. How significantly different is that from the way you approach your business now? Virtually all of you are looking for anything that will result in you not hearing no. That's the reason you're so attracted to all the passive stuff because you don't hear no. That's the reason you guys want to do the social networking because you don't hear no. The, the mailing, no, no, and no, 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 and mailing, logos, all that stuff. You are fooling yourselves into thinking that that's going to lead to business. Julie and I had an interesting conversation with another client yesterday. And, and this is the question. So the first question is, when should you be working on the branding and the logos and the websites? The, the honest answer is probably never. But if you're going to do it, do it, do it at the end of the year and the beginning of the year, December, January. So Julie was telling me about a coaching call she had with one of you guys. Um, yes, we read our emails. And the agent was asking uh, about 
you know, how much money should I budget for branding? This is a common question. It's because there's so many companies out there trying to sell you guys branding. And the question that Julie asked in return, which was excellent, was what do you hope to get from branding? What is your goal from branding? No answer. That's the question I want you guys to ask yourself. Whenever you're being tempted by anything, a website, branding, logo, and this stuff that's being constantly beaten over your heads, anything that's passive, um, direct mail, all this stuff, you got to ask yourself, why are you doing it? What's your goal? What's your goal? Cut through your own bullshit. Come on, go through it. What's your goal? Well, your goal is to do real estate transactions, right? I mean, ultimately, you're hoping to find a, a deal. Customers, sellers, buyers, all the rest of it. So if that is truly your mission, which it is, if that is what you're supposed to be doing every day as one of your core activities, which it is, why don't you do something that's going to lead more directly to the result than all this passive stuff, which may never get you there. Most times it never gets you there. I want you to really think about that. Use your own intellect. Ask yourself why you're so seduced by all this other stuff. I know you know everyone knows because there's no no in it, because there's no rejection in it, because it doesn't require skill, because you can fool yourself into believing that what you're doing is going to someday result in a result. It doesn't. It doesn't in such a level that's worth doing. You really have to be honest with yourself if your goal it with the branding to the question and back to the first question we get a lot. If the goal is to generate business, why don't you stop screwing around? Just go after the folks that have their hands in the air right now. All that we list 20, give you 20 very realistic sources of business to pursue, even in the hottest market where you can get listings. Guys, there are so many sources out there for great proven leads that don't cost you anything. You can call sellers today. You can go after sellers today that have their hands in their air and say, please help me sell my house. You don't have to buy the list. You don't have to deal with Zillow. You don't have to worry about whether the leads suck. You don't have to jockey around with Facebook ads and branding and logo. Why don't you just stop that bullshit if assuming your goal is to generate a transaction, why don't you just take the shortest path? I know why, you know why, which leads to the second question. Why is it? That I, this is, a, again, another form of this question. This isn't how you guys would ask it. I'm just trying to cut through it so it's more direct. Why is it that I'm afraid to prospect or proactively lead generate? And again, that's not how you guys ever asked the question about the essence of the question. And the answer is, is because no one ever told you the truth about proactively lead generating. Because most of you have only been in this business long enough basically to be exposed to all the passive lead generation stuff that's out there. And you think, because everyone around you preaches that, the gurus, the other coaches, they'll tell you that's what you're supposed to be doing. Guys, those people, the other coaches that are telling you to do all that passive stuff, they are bought and sold. They're events, they're companies, they're literally receiving money. You know this. When you show up at somebody's event and it says sponsored by Zillow, do you think they're going to be promoting Zillow leads and you buying leads? I think so. Doesn't it make sense? We don't do that, do we? No, because we're going to be honest with you about what it takes to be successful in this business. And I never want you guys to question what we're telling you. I want you to know when you listen to what Julie and I say that we have no hidden agendas other than what's best for you. So the question you have to ask yourself is why are you resistant to learning how to proactively lead generate? It's not that difficult. You only really have to know maybe, and you don't even have to memorize them. You only have to know maybe 
eight scripts and not memorize either. We don't want you memorizing our scripts. We want you to internalize and then personalize. Don't change them too much, but you can personalize them. Make them your own, of course. Use your own voice. When you know those scripts, guys, you'll be able to proactively lead generate whenever you want to. All of our elite coaching clients, the coaching clients Julie and I work with, I, I mean, all of mine, all of Julie's, their number one mission every single day is to set one pre-qualified listing appointment. Now, did they just basically get their real estate licenses and all of a sudden start doing it? Hell no. It took them time. They had to find us. They had to basically fail at doing all that passive stuff. Most of them, that's the experience they had. A lot of them, you know, follows a lot of false prophets with regards to all the passive stuff. They discover our podcast normally. They start listening. They say, damn, why didn't anyone tell me this before? And then what happens is they start doing what they didn't want to do and they didn't want to do at the highest level, which they sort of knew they always had to do, but they were just looking for a shortcut like so many of you are. They start doing the work and they start setting one and taking one every single day. They don't make tens of thousands of dollars. They make millions of dollars per year and their overhead is virtually nothing. I have a coaching client who did not do any prospecting two years ago. He's in LA. He still doesn't just, maybe I shouldn't say this, but he will only work as centers of influence and past clients. And he does a lot of physical in-person social networking. He does a lot of, um, he goes to a lot of events and things like that. Last year, he made million three. This year, he's probably going to make 2.3 million and he has one assistant. So his actual net is going to be over $2 million. I have many coaching clients that are doing that well because of the fact that everybody else is spending so much of their time and energy on Facebook, working on their logo, where he's picking up the phone, or he's going to events, and he's talking, he's going right to where people are who have their hands up in the air saying, I want to sell a house. Why don't you guys do the same thing? Why don't you stop torturing yourself? Why don't you stop looking for shortcuts and just do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level? It sucks at first. I'm going to tell you that because you're going to have to form new neural pathways. It sucks at first, no doubt. But once you start doing it, you're seeing the res you see the results. It's like everything else in life. It becomes addictive because it becomes easier. Then it's fun. And then you start doing and having things, experiencing things that you've only read about. That's where your life changes. Question we get a lot, Julie. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to skip these buyer questions. Um, can I create a business that's by referral only? Good question. Comes up all the time. I, my answer always is that is a spoke. It can never be the spoke. And my most salient example of this is when the market changed and agents had only that spoke. By referral only. I mean, part of me wants to have kind of an obnoxious coach's answer, which is, so, so does that mean that if I wasn't referred to you, you're not going to work with me? Maybe I'm an open house lead. You're going to be like, no, no, you weren't a referral. Your card says by referral only. I'm not a referral. I'll just go talk to somebody else. I mean, the, the concept is a little bit goofy if you put it in that light. But what happened what, to all of the agents that were selling just to their friends and family, their relatives or neighbors, the easy organic deals, and the market gets a little bit harder and people aren't buying and selling for fun anymore. Those businesses that actually were by referral, actually only, literally by referral only, those businesses absolutely hit the fan. And I think you will agree with that. If we use our spokes in the wheel model, they had a one spoke, hit a pretty big pothole, and it was game over. And you have never heard, I mean you have, but most people have never heard such panicked agents as when that happened. 
And it doesn't have to be some big real estate recession. It can just be some hiccup in your market. It could be that you run out of by referral only because all of your friends and family on your database have actually been helped by you in the past two or three years, and you literally run out of by referral only. So it's, we're not against it. It's just only one spoke. What would you add to that, Tim? Well, I mean, honestly, you hit the high points. Really, the truth is, guys, is a referral uh, spoke is one of the first spokes we want all of you to build, but it's not the only spoke. A referral spoke is where you're going to get business from, obviously, your centers of influence and past clients, and we give you all the scripts for that. We tell you what to say, how to say it. We tell you how to build your list. We tell you just all of everything you need to know, but you can't stop there. Many of you stop there because it becomes, it's, you know, it's non-threatening business. You're getting business hypothetically from people that are already pre-qualified want to do business with you. That's the reason we want it to be your first spoke. Don't misunderstand what Julie said. It isn't that we don't want you to do it. We want many of you to do it first, but by first means you should have your referral system completely in place in like 30 days. It's not a big deal. There's not a lot of complexity to it. But if you think it's going to be the only thing you do, you're wasting your time. You need to have at least seven spokes. And seven spokes simply means imagine a bicycle wheel. Longtime podcast listeners, you can hear this in your head, can't you? A bicycle wheel with more spokes has more integrity than a bicycle wheel with one spoke. The classic reason that so many of you level off when you're just focused on centers of influence and past clients is because your wheel has no integrity. So your wheel is rolling down the, you know, the road. You have one spoke, which is your centers of influence, past clients, referral business. The wheel hits a little spoke, a little rock in the road, and what happens that wheel collapses because it's not strong enough, no integrity. And that's what happens continuously. We get calls from people like you, questions, emails, and you say, Tim, my business has leveled off. I've been making the same amount of money forever. It's never increased. Well, the answer is, it's because you're only doing by referral. You're only doing centers of influence and past clients. You need to add spokes. You need to have at least seven sources of business. But you need to add these in a, in a sequential order that makes sense. The most effective things first. The free things first. When you join our coaching program, we don't basically throw you. I got an email. I don't know. Did I tell you about this, Julie? I got an email from somebody who uh, enrolled in one of our main competitors' coaching programs. It was $600 a month or whatever. And uh, they spoke to a coach once per month, and there was no content. There was no nothing. Very, you know, this is a person that was basically saying they wish they would have joined our program, and their contract for the other uh, company was finally up, and they're wanting to enroll in ours. Okay, look, here's the punchline. They were basically strong-armed into joining two uh, one was a CRM, if I remember, and another was some sort of lead generation company. And they found out along the way that the owner of the coaching company had ownership in these other two companies. So when they joined these other coaching companies, they were basically being you know, pressured to start spending an additional, I believe it was $700 a month for stuff that they probably didn't need. So guys, this is the corruption that's entered into the real estate space. Because for the most part, the people that are there to sell you stuff have never sold real estate before. The people that are offering you coaching have never sold real estate before. Do you realize that? That in the space right now, I'm pretty sure Julie and I are the only dominant coaches that ever sold real estate before. You don't think that matters? Of course it does. You know, it's interesting to me, again, when you look at the landscape of the information that's out there, all of it's passive and all of it's, for the most part, being sold by people that are just opportunists. They're not career real estate folks like many of you are becoming and are already. 
be skeptical. You know what? Stop worrying so much about uh, the emotional aspect of being a business person and start looking at things from a financial perspective. Are you making more money to take care of yourself and your family or aren't you? Are you building financial security for yourself or aren't you? Are you becoming rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money or aren't you? And if you're not, if you're not moving towards significant, the accomplishment of significant financial milestones, you're not succeeding. You're failing. That's just the cold facts. Challenge yourself. Take responsibility for the fact that you probably have made some decisions that were uh, from your desire not to have to do what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. So I want you guys to really question yourself as to whether or not you're serious about being in this business. If you're serious about actually accomplishing the big goals you've set for yourself or the big goals that you set for yourself 30 years ago that you forgot you set, how compromised have you become in your life? How does that feel right now? How do you feel? What kind of burden is it as you walk around every single day knowing that you've given up? How's that feel? Sucks, doesn't it? Does. Well, listen, if you're listening to us right now, there's something that's still alive in you. Maybe it's really, really strong alive and you're just wanting to, you know, you're chomping at the bit and you're going to have an incredible year. That's a lot of you. Others of you, you've allowed yourself to be lulled into complacency. You've allowed yourself to believe that you're, that you need to be passionate to be successful, or if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it. You believe that, don't you? You believe that if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't make you happy, you're not supposed to do it. I have news for you. And you know this already, don't you? Most of the things that are the hardest things that are the most worthy things to accomplish in life don't feel good in the work of accomplishing them. It's the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, which leads to the next common question. And I actually love this question. I'm going to let Julie talk about it. So Julie, get your rant on. What if, you know, what if real estate, what if my real estate isn't my passion? Can I be successful at it? Uh, yes, but I only have a few minutes before premiere, so I'll try and keep it a succinct ramp, uh, rant. rather. Yeah, so if you are somebody who is currently following your passion, which is not real estate, I would ask you how that's working out for you. And I would also refer you to the Harris Rules book where I tell a very specific story because I used to be afflicted by this. You know, being a classically trained musician who has hundreds, if I'm sure thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of hours logged in a practice room and would really love to play in a professional orchestra, which over the years I have actually done. But I always thought, well, that's my passion. I mean, how can I be good at something that I just don't feel natural passion for, meaning real estate? Until I went to a real estate talent show to at the time I was kind of scoffing about that thinking like what's this going to be like right realtor talent show come on because you know my ego was twisted up and thinking well you know nobody can have real talent for anything if this is just a batch of realtors right and boy was I mistaken I'll never forget Gary Ubaldini playing his guitar and singing incredible um, your friend I can't remember his name in Phoenix stand-up comedian freaking hilarious like incredible entertainers and I remember sitting in that audience going, you know what, why can't I do both but not be financially dependent on my, quote, passion? And for me, that was a breakthrough when I finally got it, that you don't have to be passionate about something that is going to make you a living. And at some point, my desire to do, be, have, see, and, you know, 
other things that required, you know, money to travel, to do things, to have a better lifestyle, to be able to feed my family and, you know, do things that I wanted to do in life. Being a classical musician wasn't going to get me there. So my desire to have more and be able to contribute more and have more freedom, which if you boil it down, most of you got into real estate, you'll say different things, but all of you will agree, ultimately you got into it for freedom, that I was going to have to get over that and become more passionate about real estate and find a passion in helping people so that I could help enough people at the highest level, of course, with UTEM, and that that would create the income that would give us freedom. That was a major breakthrough. For anybody listening who is still stuck because your passion, I mean, I've got a newer coaching client that one of her passions is a pop-up used clothing store for kids. And she's had it for like 25 years. And it's very enjoyable. It's a passion of hers. But she's also a kick-ass real estate agent, okay? Because she has her real estate income, she has more freedom to contribute more to her passion business. So you actually can have your cake and eat it too, but the freedom you get from having a better income I think is well worth it. And for some of you, you've created all, like, all of these weird obstacles that don't actually exist, like you know, talking to people who actually want your help instead of doing all of this passive crap, trying to almost trick them into magically calling you passively when they are supposedly ready. So that's my rant, and I have to go to Premiere. <laughs> so as succinctly as I could do that one. Back to you. Well, so, but there it is. How many of you guys are using the excuse, I just don't have passion for this activity or that activity, or I'm waiting to feel passionate? How many of you are using that excuse subconsciously maybe to hold you back? Virtually all of you. See, that, that whole passion thing is a carryover from 1970s sort of fear, feel good, spiritual, it's all about being happy type thinking. That's about when people started, real, or started thinking that uh, life was just about feeling good all the time. <laughs> I was a kid then, you know, so I don't really remember it, but I definitely see the breadcrumbs from it because I see it on motivational posters. Follow your passion and the money will come. Mm -hmm. Is that really how it works? I become passionate about picking up garbage and all of a sudden I'm going to become rich? No, I don't think it will. I don't think that's the truth. Common sense tells me, well, here's another one. You can do anything that you set your mind to. Mm, no, I can't. I can't become an astronaut or a fighter pilot. I can't become an NBA basketball star. Okay, hold on. We didn't mean that. We didn't mean you can become successful at anything you set your mind to. We just mean that, what did you mean? See, a lot of the motivational stuff that's out there is bullshit. You guys got to see it for what it is. And here's the thing about passion. This is the reason that believing that you have to be passionate is so insidious to your success. It's because passion or emotions in general, feelings in general, they will betray you. They change all the time. <laughs> Look, they your feelings will change every day depending on how much sleep you got, how, what you had for lunch, what your hormone balance is like, whether you're exercising or not, how much caffeine you've got in you, whether you had a fight with your – you guys get the point? Your feelings and emotions about the same subject change from moment to moment to moment. Like right now, I can convince you that picking up the phone and making 10 contacts will be essentially a life-changing event. The podcast is about over, so I won't, but you guys can listen to past, um, you know, centers of influence, past clients, all the things we tell you guys to do, uh, expires, obviously, for unrepresented owners, aka for, uh, for sale by owners, all the other sources of business that we teach you in Premier Coaching. 
You'll be charged up. Oh, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to make five content. Oh, hold on. I just checked my email. Oh, then I got to go deal with this problem. Boom. Your emotions have changed. Your feelings betrayed you. You guys get it? So if you're waiting to feel a certain way before you start doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, you'll never feel that way ever, or at least not for long enough that it makes a difference. So stop believing you have to be passionate. Stop believing you have to feel a certain way to get results. Those are all just lazy ways of procrastinating or lazy ways of never taking action. So my strong suggestion to you, if you don't have the lifestyle that you want, if you don't have the things, be a little materialistic. If you don't have the freedom, the peace of mind, the body, the, the psychological feeling of accomplishment, the fam- anything that you're lacking in your life, start with taking complete ownership of that. Start by saying, I brought that hardship or that lack of on myself. And then on the other side of that, here's the magic pill. There's two things. I promise you, just write these things down. You don't even have to believe them. You will in the process, but you don't now when you're starting your journey or when you're looking for a way to go to the next level. Number one, ready? Your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. That's just a fact. You'll never feel more profoundly connected than when you're helping somebody else. Think about that. Think about that. It's true. Number two is in order to get that emotion, to have that feeling, to experience the success that comes from that, you have to live by every single day, whether you feel like it or not, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Some of you will force yourself to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, but you won't do it at the highest level. Some of you guys have started going to Orange Theory or other organized fitness regimes, and you just go there and you call it in. You never have a bead of sweat on your forehead, and you're telling yourself, well, I'm doing it, but I'm just not getting results because you're not doing it at the highest level. Others of you will say, you know what? I'm going to start doing what I don't want to do, and I'm going to start, I'm going to go after some first sale by owners, some unrepresented owners. And what do you do? You mail them stuff. Did we ever tell you to mail them stuff? No, we did not. But what, so what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not doing it at the highest level. Are you with us, listeners? 125,000 of you listening. Are you with us? On the other side of those two dominant thoughts and letting go of all this feel-good woo-woo crap, you're going to find what you're looking for. You're going to find you don't deserve it unless you're willing to be of service to other people and do what you want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You don't. Don't be jealous of other people that have accomplished things. It's because they've pushed through those barriers, those self-imposed barriers. Real estate is a blessing, but it also can be a curse. You guys are in an industry where nobody is going to control your income. Nobody's going to tell you what you can do or can't do as far as like, you know, taking listings or generating business or becoming a millionaire. I mean, how smart were you to choose this industry to begin with? Now, take it to the next level. Follow a path that's proven. So listen, guys, if there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Anytime for anything, just email us. Hopefully, some of you had a little epiphany on today's podcast. If you did, let me know. Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.